0: Welcome to the Life Junkie Podcast.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Life Junkies Podcast, episode 27. This is our Football Manager 20, or well our first Football Manager 20 episode, one of hopefully many. Um, I am actually physically joined by Mr. Chris Johnson. Hello, Chris. Hi, mate. How's it going? You all right? It's good, mate. How are you going?
2: Yeah, not too bad, thank you. I'm not actually physically joining you, though, I see. That 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 made it sound like we were sat next to each other.
1: We we are not. You haven't yet had the honour of, of being with me in person yet, but I have you on the call currently so I can physically talk to you rather than trying to edit you into the podcast haphazardly with yeah. my bad editing style.
2: Not always mate.
1: Um of course Chris is has been working the last few weeks so he wasn't on the last episode at all, which was the review of war games and Survivor series. Um just without mentioning the fact that I beat you in the predictions, how did you enjoy the shows? Just quickly, we will get to foot manager in a minute. I just wanted to want you to give you the chance to say how you enjoyed the shows.
2: Uh, I thought they were all right. Um, yeah, both of them was were all right. You know, they were pleasant watching. Um, not many massive surprises, to be honest. Um, I thought the Brock match was good. Um, I generally thought he might lose his belt there, um, so it was, but I was really pleased he didn't. Um, so yeah, it was all right. You know, it was good. I quite like Survivor Series. Um, the next pay per view was pretty poor. I'd never been a big fan of the TLC pay per view just before Christmas. I think it's a bit of a damp squib. Um, but then obviously next month's a big one isn't it? So one of the best ones of the year. So I'm looking forward to that.
1: Yeah, it's it's um well my my issues with TLC have been have been widely shared on now this will be the third TLC show we're doing. Um so I I sort of dropped that on you a bit. I wasn't planning to do it, but then it jumped into my head as I was literally as I was introducing uh-huh. you for a bit of intro chat. Um So we've had that little talk. I'm going to stop it there for a second and I'm going to come back and talk about past days because, because I have an extra little voiceover from Robin that I just want to sneak in here.
0: This yeah. is real life Trinkies Football Manager for kings of content creation. All hail the kings.
1: So, alright, well, I stuck a little impromptu football manager-based voiceover in there. Um, so, we're talking football Manager now for the first bit we're going to free part this one now for the first bit I just want to talk a little bit about the saves that we have going up onto the uh, life junkies website at the moment so people may have noticed there is at least two football manager blogs going up every week um, we're alternating between football manager 18 and 19 content so um, we have Bly Spartans going up, we've got an you know, old Cambridge United save mine going up, we've got a Nautico save going up, which I got um, I got a message on Twitter from someone complaining that I put a Nautico save up and then the first blog is about National Which I had to explain and send a link to your old medium post about the mess up and why what I wanted to include that first save but I wanted to, to I didn't want to flash it as a, a national save maybe I should have had a little bit at the end saying um, or at the start saying this save eventually gets corrupted blah 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 um, and then we've got my England save from last year um, but we have two saves that are going up now which are from FM20 sort of going up now the Black Crow uh, corporation is going up we have four whole blogs of it free audio one um, written and for Chelsea my Chelsea save should be going up tomorrow from you hearing this, but it might be today from you hearing this, depending on how quickly I can get this edited and done, because I by now on Thursdays I should have had this edited and uploading or at least exporting as a video. Um Chris, so you, you did your Blythe Spartans for F M eighteen. Um what was the what was the thinking behind that? What what made you go for Blythe Spartans? Um, it was just a random club.
2: Oh, no, it wasn't a random club choice. I'm completely lying to you. I got a, Don't lie to and uh, no, I no, it's that long ago, I forget. I covered a game there, an FA Cup game. I think they got to about the second round of the FA Cup. And I did the game up there. Um, and it was a nice little ground. And the people who worked at the club were lovely. Um, like a proper little English football club. Um, so when the game came out, I decided to have a go. And I think I got to about, spoilers, of only to about League one. Um but I enjoyed it, it was good. I think they were in Conference North. So we had three promotions. Um I had a, a run in with Jack Rodwell at Blythe Spartans. <laughs>
0: um,
2: but yeah, it was a good save, I enjoyed it.
1: So I, I as I've gone through and I've moved everything across from your medium to go out, I I managed to read back through your your Spartan save. And I I remember reading the the, the Jack Rod- Rodwell stuff, which is actually it makes quite interesting blog, and so it's probably more interesting for for how it went rather than if it just gone right, because it's always quite boring to when well, I brought this player in and he, he did the job I brought him for. So it's nice to see. And I had a similar issue with um with Cambridge, in regards with Ray Rooney, who um I brought in to play the famous trek slash Remdoi um, to roll to sort of help out Giovanni Brown when we're in the championship and he was atrocious and then didn't get a game because he was rubbish um, and this caused issues and he, made, he decided he wanted to leave so I, I, in the end I managed to, to sell him on to somewhere he stayed there for a season, didn't play and then retired and he came back as a manager and he ended up managing in the championship, getting promoted the same season I got promoted And there was this constant rivalry between me and Wayne Rooney with him every time. He ended up managing Newcastle and um, every time we came against each other, I got a message and he was slagging me off to the press. Of course, that is me talking about a Cambridge save, which is one of the ones going up. A legend in his own mind, because I named it, because I've I've got that level of hubris. And um, that was me looking, going back and playing a save that I played with my dad. So that was a rehash of that save from a game called Premier Manager where I took them all over to Premier League and brought them back and there was a timeline involved in that and so that has gone up uh, so the first two episodes of that are up so if you want to see first the the layout of what I was going to do um, and also a statement from the Cambridge board which lays out the uh, the timeline of both Manager and Club in this fictional world that I've created then that is it for now um Nautico and I'll see because I, I I would would have liked to have split these up and I was at one point planning to and then I realised that in fact the the Nuneaton, the start of it is is linked through Nautico and also was it Club de Nacional?
2: It was. They were in um I went when I went to the uh, World Cup in Brazil in twenty fourteen I stayed in the city of Manaus for four weeks and they were one of the little clubs there. And obviously, because the World Cup was on, you couldn't go and see them play or anything like that, but I, I just quite fancied... I'd never managed in South America on any version of the game, and it just seemed like a, a, a nice tie-in for me to go and try and manage them, but because they were so far down the league structure, I would need have needed a extended database, and there just wasn't one available, and I got a bit impatient and decided to just manage one of the vanilla leagues. So I picked the, the bottom tier, you can play as the third tier, CAC, Um and... Nautico was a random pick, but it was a, it was a really good pick. Um, they had a lot of history in the club, and uh, it was something I really enjoyed.
1: One of the things I wanted to do was actually cut Nuneaton Borough off of the end of Nautico, but I wasn't able to do that because they sort of a link through, um, yeah, don't yeah. they? So kind of referenced
2: it, yeah. About reference why I'd, I was starting again and where and what was the reason. So yeah, just mention it.
1: Um what what was the reasoning behind
2: Nooney Borough? Yeah. Um I have a family member who was uh, the manager there for a while. So I went down and watched a few games and met a few people and obviously the level is the lowest tier you could be in, but the people at the club who ran the club weren't very nice. Um they were the worst out of the box side you could be in the English divisions. They were tips. To finish rank bottom of the conference North, I think it was odds of one to five to get relegated, so basically a guarantee. Um, I started with a self-imposed twelve-month transfer ban because the finances were so bad. So we only had, I think, thirteen players at the club that we had to play, and obviously, I wouldn't be able to sign anybody free transfers or anything. Um, they had a lot of grayed out players in like the under twenty-three, so I had to choose players who aren't really players and terrible. Um, but it made it fun, um, so that's, that's where it came from. That's where it started, and that was season one. And we managed to do sixteen seasons in total, which is probably the most
1: I've ever done on any version of the game. Um, and Of course, you end up uh, for spoilers if you're if you haven't kept up with Chris's medium blog in the past. Then, question first of all, why haven't you? But second of all, I'm going to talk <laughs> just probably quickly about, about the end of. <laughs> Of both the um but there's so few football manager blogs, Chris. How could you not keep up with all of
2: Yeah, these? no, there's, it's not like there's any,
1: is there really? There's not like fifteen dropping in every day at <laughs> nine o'clock <fucking up>, <laughs> So um, spoilers for both the end of Cambridge and the end of Eaton So Cambridge finished with me winning the Champions League, which I actually, I never wrote about in the um in the blog. Mm. Um, I did write about it, I did talk about it in my Slack and there was a did I do a video of it, or did I just do a video for when I lost? I think I just videoed the one I lost. Um, They're the best games. <laughs> it's not because it's just a video of me crying while we lose to, to Barcelona, and we lost to Barcelona. And I think maybe the next season, maybe the second season away from that, we then beat Barcelona. We got them in the final again and beat them this time, and had that that triumph moment. Um, and went on to win the Club World Cup. Nathan Borough, you managed to win the Europa League, didn't you? I did. Incredible, really.
2: Um, and that was the last game I played on the safe. We ended it there. so I probably will go back to it at some point because I really feel like I need to have at least one Champions League campaign. Um, but we finished second in the league. Uh, no, we didn't. We finished fourth in the league and we won the Europa League, um, which was incredible. Um and it just to, be very nice way to
1: finish it. Well, see, the reason I mention this, and you'll probably never ever hear about this again, but um, I am attempting to piece together a database, mm. um, which has both Cambridge and Northamptonshire. Just, I'm not, I'm not trying to make some big fusion between our two databases because I exist in some way, and I have people that depend on me, so I can't just hide in a, in a room for three weeks to, to meld everything together. But I'm trying to plop my Cambridge United Champions League winners and uh, Chris's Nuneaton Borough Europa League winners and plop them in the current database as accurately accurate accurate as I, I can um, which is a pain in the backside. Um <laughs> so that's, that's been pushed on the back burner for now while I'm A. playing Chris's Football Manager say for him and uh, B. Advising, not playing uh, playing Chris's Football Manager say for him What Chris doesn't know is I'm actually in January now. I've I've smashed right for a bit. We're top. We're doing really well. Um, So I'm trying to do that as well as family things and and being a a university student um, or as a a friend that I work with calls me, a dirty scrounging university student. And um, yeah, so that will maybe, maybe at some point then may come a blog or or a podcast where we sit down and we we talk a bit about how Chris has managed to beat me and win the Premier League and Champions League and I've got relegated. But that'll be, (laughs) maybe. Um, The other save, of course, going up from the past is my England save from last year, which is a massive case of unfinished business for me. Certain things sort of transpired so that I, I ended up pushing it to one side. I will still have it. I still do plan to push through on it a bit depending on where I am or what I'm doing and what's going on. So um any anything I write will just be plopped onto the end of what's going on what's already planned to go out throughout the but uh, the idea behind that was it was based around Jonathan Wilson's um book uh, An Aspie of England uh, where he he talked about England's tactical styles in the past 10 big matches that Defined English football, so I start with um, with Gareth Southgate's England, but we go back and there's a few regrettable tactical styles, and unfortunately, so far I haven't quite hit the heights of my first Gareth Southgate save, which I managed to get sacked and still get to the semi-final of the European Championship.
2: No, well, don't forget Wales got to the semi-final of the European Championship. No, it's no, not that big
1: a feat. I got to the final of the European Championship. I'm selling myself short, and again, like my first attempt to win the Champions League, of Cambridge, we lost to an extra time goal to Italy. It ah, oh, mate, I was gutted. I thought we got it, really mm-hmm. did, but um, so these are saves you can follow that are going up now. You could find the original homes. Um, both of mine were hosted and are still, I believe, hosted on um, Andre or Casey Rente's great site. Um, he has me. Of course, I am the main draw, but he's also got him, who is a far he, he is a far more knowledgeable football manager player than I am. And um, he has guys like former, former podcasting personality Ed Wilson and a few other guys. No, and Chris... Chris's or or or, 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 or 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 hosted on his Medium site, which I presume he'll be shutting down now because he doesn't need it anymore. I'll, I'll, it will be there forever because I don't know how he shut a Medium site <laughs> now. And um, well, I followed it anyway, just in case I need to go back to it to explain any more odd blog posts away with a future blog post. But I um, but are, you're not going to go there to sort such roads. You're going to go to Casey's to see all the beautiful, all the brilliant stuff he writes. But you're going to stay. In. Sit with us for a journey, aren't you? Um so the other save you will find on the website is the Black Crow Corporation. Chris, what is the Black Crow Corporation? What is the inspiration behind it?
2: The the whole idea of this year's football manager and hopefully further years down the road was to try and create something a little bit different that I've not done before. Because as I've just said previously I played sixteen years as Namian Borough. Um I didn't want to jump into a save that was the same, but not the same club if you know what I mean. So just one club. A long, slow crawl to the top, but just staying there, nothing else really developing around that side of the game. So I just thought what can you do to make it different and what other ways have people done in the past? And obviously we had people who did who do like the Red Bull Challenge and I think somebody did a similar one but called it the Coca Cola challenge a few versions ago. And I thought what if you just tried to do that from scratch? So by starting with one club and um, creating this Black Crow Corporation, which is their own club, but hopefully through this game and I'm um, hoping to take it onto different versions of the game, that they will continue to buy different clubs and have a say on world football in different, basically different areas of the world. Um, it's a bit of a big task, <laughs> but it's something I just thought might add something a little bit different to it. And rather than just write a blog, um, so like I said, there's so many good blogs out at the minute. I mean, there's not a day goes by where it doesn't seem like another really good blog drop, so I want to do something different, so I decided to do it audio wise. And um, rather than just read the blog, I put a bit of sound effects in there and tried to make it more of literally just like a five or six minute story, like you just sat listening to a Radio 4 play. But um, at some point, there'll be some football manager in there, um, which is pretty at that point now, actually. There's been three episodes that's basically led us from square one to Arriving at a club, which is the club called uh, Ushaya in Argentina, um, and they, they are the the city is the southernmost city in the world, um, so it it brands itself as the city at the end of the world, um, and there is you no know, big football club there. It's amateur football. Um, it's minus four at the warmest time of the year, um, so there's gonna be a lot of snow snow covered pictures on my FM this year by the looks of it. Um, Again, it's just see if we can develop a club there and build a stadium and progress up through the league so we're going to start in the fourth tier of argentinian football and see what that see how that pans out basically got. Um, I'm, I'm not giving them an injection of cash so they have no real money they have no transfer budget Um, the players aren't great um, and then the other aspect of it is that i'm also not going to be signing any players um People do director football challenges. It's quite a popular thing to do now where you just set the director football to do all your business, um, which is something I wanted to do but not have the AI do it. So I asked you if you wanted to come in on board. And so it's kind of a, a joy, it is a joint save that basically you are doing all my recruitment work and um, staff signings and things like that. And I coach the team and, and that's it. I have no real saying. I can suggest players to I well would like us to sign. Um, and if you want to sell somebody i can plead my case for you not to sell somebody but when it comes down to it um the director's football's uh, word is is final and
1: i'll have to live with it um so just just a quick button the um the coca-cola save you mentioned was called taste the feeling and it was by reeds it was posted on the higher tempo network so i know because he did a post on his scouting network Okay. And um, which I saved and is the basis for every scouting for my scouts every time I I play FM. I didn't know that. Um, it's just really good. So it's 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 to the point where because I don't know about whether the high tempo press is still going to be a thing going forward, I've actually saved that. I've i still when I go check it out, I've got it on my bookmarks. Mm-hmm. But I've I've saved it as a as a as a as a draft, yeah, I a so I can. Um, so I can get it even if that goes down. Um, Personally, and this isn't blowing smoke up you, I think the free audio blogs you've done by now are really, really good. Um, I very much enjoyed listening to each one, every single one of them. I know a lot of other people have as well.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's gone down really well, which I'm really pleased by, because it's quite, um, I don't really like, I could never be a YouTuber and stick my face on camera. Um, And I was a bit Worried about public voice and audio blogs. You never know how things are going to be received. But I, like i said to you before, I one of the things I enjoy most about the community is I spend a lot of time driving around and I like listening to pods. And I always quite like listening to, I like listen to the five star pod and things like that. And they go through their saves, and I always like listening to people's saves. And I just thought, well, how can you extend that, expand it a little bit? And I just thought maybe make it more of a story, like some people do with written blogs. And see if it works. And the first three episodes I've really enjoyed doing. Um, it won't all be audio. I've already released one written blog, just basically for people who don't like my voice and wanted to know what was going on. So I kind of summed it all up to the point that we're currently at. Um, but yeah, we'll hopefully have will uh, try and continue the story as a, as an audio form. Um, how I'll do that with the games and things like that, I don't know, but uh, it'll be fun to try and find out.
1: Brilliant. Um, I, it's safe to say that your audio blogs are getting more listens and podcasts, as was... Shown by a member of Slack earlier today.
0: <laughs> yeah, <definitely one.
1: laughs> but um, yeah, no, I I'm sort of quite looking forward to, to seeing what your plans are. I know I am one of the formers of your plan, but um, no,
2: you are. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I mean, it's been basically how we've had to do it is um, we have one save file, um, and I obviously created. Uh, I got the database from. Uh, FM, at FM Argentina on Twitter. They were fantastic. Um, And they supplied me with a database down to the fourth, well, down to the fifth year, actually. um. But I'm only running it from the fourth. They uh, gave me the kits and stuff like that, which has been great. I've also had some kits designed by my uh, guy Fire on Twitter. They designed a couple of Black Crow kits and a badge and stuff like that, which has gone down well. Um, so, yeah, it's all coming together. <laughs> but, the, the, like I said, the safe file I sent, sent to you you've been signing some players two or three players um i've asked for a couple of players that i've noticed still haven't arrived last time i got the save file <laughs> and I'll, i will keep asking for the for pretty for, the, for the striker because i think it's only a couple of days away before pre-season starts and then the game will get going properly and uh, yeah i'm looking forward to it
1: i, I i've i've definitely made an attempt to sign one of those players maybe i don't know um i'm not sure you deserve those players to be honest chris can you stick with the seven players that you started with yeah yeah um so well that's nice hopefully you've got a few brief view of what we've got um i won't talk too much about well, okay i'll talk a little bit about my chest i was just going to move on but now i'll talk a little bit about it because i you know i've got an ego i need to boost a little bit try and boost a little bit anyway um i am currently doing a, a, a save called the chelsea way which the intro post should go out tomorrow. I've already mentioned that. I will mention it again at the end of the podcast as well. I've got it written down to mention them. Um, but it is basically—it's supposed to be sort of a youth-ish focused save, mm. but not. Um, it's talking about the the Chelsea Wave that is um, a movement that's been working within the club for since pretty much when they're taking over. Um, you haven't seen it so much in the first team, but. These things I mentioned in the blog—they normally take at least ten years to start bearing fruit, mm. um, and you see sort of these fruits just sort of nearly getting through. Players like I, I name check Nathaniel Chaloba and Ryan Bertrand, um, both in the blog, as well as a few other Chelsea prospects. And uh, so, but basically, what you're seeing Frank Lampard's Chelsea play now is what they've been building towards playing for over ten years now. Um, so it's, it's no real surprise that. Players that are performing brilliantly, other players that are coming in, the youth products that are coming in because they've been playing this since they were in single digits. So, I expanded a little bit, yeah. a bit more about that. I will have a tactical post going up hopefully at some point next week. Maybe if I decide I'm happy to fail an assignment to write it. Um, <laughs> basically, it depends how, how quickly I get the assignment sorted because <laughs> I am massively behind my schedule. It, it does make me want to cry. But um, thinking happy for a manager based thought. So there's a tactical post that will talk about that in my interpretation of that. And then I'll, I've played the first first season, so I will then talk about the first season. And then I'll start talking about the second season. I'll probably play another two seasons before I write about the second season because that's how I operate. But it's um, far easier okay. to sit down and just play some football manager. Actually, sit down and write some football manager. You've got to be in two different modes. You have yeah. a different amount of time, and it's all. Yeah, so um, I've talked a bit about that. Check it out tomorrow or in the past if you're listening to us in the future. And um, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and talk about some of the new features of Football Manager 20.
0: This is a life drinking podcast.
1: So, new Football Manager brings out... Is it a 1,001 new features is what they... Each year, that's a bit. That can't be right. Uh, they, there's a lot of, and they had, they did this year the the, the bit with different content creators. Yeah, so
2: um,
1: like post. Yeah, I like it. I I I hesitate to use the word content creation creator. I always think it's a bit, but you know, then there's not really another word for people that make. that. Um. Anyway, so we have. I've picked out a few. That for us to talk about, um, they're probably not the main ones, there's probably lots of that I've missed, but these are for me the four main sectors. So, um, first, I want to talk about the club vision. Now, I think it might be just because I am managing a top club, so it's not really the vision is win
0: mm.
1: or at least be in the contention for winning. I'm sure if we were doing things with smaller teams like um, Nuneaton like, or Cambridge, like like the one we're managing. Like the one you're doing, yeah, we haven't we haven't started that, and I haven't seen, I haven't seen the club vision. What is the club vision for a share? Stay in the fourth tier. Oh uh, well, That was it. Actually, no, you did send that to me, didn't you? It's just that is for the next yeah. load of seasons.
2: Five years, five years of just staying that league, Ooh, to, stay in the league, stay in the league.
1: To be fair, they have seven players, so it's not like that is yeah. a, a
2: no, sort of, a slight disadvantage. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um this reminds me of the There was a time I used to play five or side foot, but you
2: see. To be, fair, to be fair, fm twenties seems to be very easy this year, or oh, a lot of people on Slack and in the community, there's a lot of winning going on, well, very few people struggling, Um I've so decided to play every game with the seven players this year.
1: <laughs> it's very easy when you decide to be the best team in Eurogride, you find that, that you win um, <laughs> yeah. oh, shots, shots, It's right, because it's no inspired. one listens to this podcast, so it doesn't matter, we can it's say true. whatever we want. Um, no, so you interrupted my 5 or side football story of me playing actual real-life football. You know, that thing that we don't do. I was we... just trying
2: to save the listeners. <laughs> I say listeners. I was trying to save
1: myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, so we used to play 5 side of this place. And we were we got stuck in bad traffic. We had a really early game. We'd literally out of work, in the car, straight up, getting changed in the car with our mates, Texas. We had four... There's Four of them were there. Three of them were there, I think. Text us, say, oh, guys, where are you? Like, they're, they're making us play. And so they start had to start the game five against three. Literally got into this hall, and it was a big, long haul, and we have a far pitch because we were the bottom division because we were rubbish. Okay. So, and I literally, I sprinted right up past this narrow thing, jumped straight onto the pitch, and in my excitement to get into the game, I ripped, I went straight through somebody and got myself sent off. Seconds. Oh seconds before I get myself sent off. And that is a place <laughs> where you can, and I have seen teammates of mine rammed into those wooden barriers around the place, rammed into it, and the bloke yeah. didn't get sent off. And yet I got sent off. I did, the bloke did literally leave orbit. It was, it was <laughs> <laughs> Um Anyway, so, uh, Club Vision. I, I haven't really been massively impressed with it. I don't see what it does. It feels like. To me like it's a feature that's always been behind the scenes. Possibly. But yeah, but targets, doesn't it? It's
2: visible. good to have it's good targets to me. It's good to have targets to me, and this brings it to the forefront. So obviously and it adds another way of playing the game. Obviously in the previous versions, you, know, you take over a club and you might yourself say, Ooh, I'm gonna only sign players under twenty three and but if you don't, nobody really cares. Sure. Whereas now it's set as in you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to make money or you have to say high profile and like said it before and now it seems like you actually have to do these things, or maybe although you see very very few people getting sacked Damn. very few people getting sacked um which is always really disappointing <laughs> um, but yeah so i, I would be I, I would quite like to see somebody just see the club vision on day one and then completely disregard it and see what the consequences would be if the if it was signed players under twenty three, and you went out and signed, I don't know, um, Andy Carroll and whoever else to play up front, see what would happen, or see if you would even let you sign that type of players. If you were signing players who were thirty three, one thirty two, and your um, club Vision was to sign players under twenty three, would they at some point just stop transfers and say no, you're not, you're not doing that, or is it just really? Not that important, and it's not ever actually going to cost you your job.
1: I know, but it's sort of like the the agreement with the board of signing young players from from previous FMs, isn't it? It's not. Uh,
2: no, it is, but I just wonder if it's going to be more enforced this
1: time. I don't know. Well, again, it's, it's sort of, it's one of those things that's too early to really tell, isn't it? But
2: yeah, it
1: is. Unfortunately. So, um, but also, it doesn't offend me being there. I think that it's quite interesting that they have done it. There's some confusion about how they work it out, because again, this is going to be spoilers for my Chelsea save if as if anyone actually really cares but um so we finished third in the Premier League in our first season, and I got the notification of oh the board are very happy that you achieved this aim two years early, and I looked at the aim and the aim was to challenge the Premier League title so we were we would never with a chance of that Premier League title. We the guys mm. at the, the top two teams—it was United and City—they just ran away with it, and we were we were sort of the best of the rest, very much. So yeah. that's another one. It's also we've really struggled to score. Well, we've had lots of shots in our games, but we've really struggled to put the ball in the net. And um, but yeah, the board are happy with our attacking football. When I looked at it um, the other day, and the board are very happy about our attacking football, but they are worried about the lack of attacking football. So it's. <laughs> <laughs> the game's sort of arguing against itself and we're talking on, on Slack and sort of the belief is that the lots of shots is seen as attacking football but then the lack of goals isn't and it, it's... So it's all... It, it cancels itself out of it, isn't it? It's all, it's all a bit yeah. confusing. Yeah. And this is the problem, but what is... what is a, Because there's another one you can play, be playing attractive football. What is attractive football? It's different people to different people. For me... Some of the most exciting and enjoyable football to watch was Chelsea's Champions League run in 2012. And now, of course it's biased because I'm a Chelsea fan, but those matches were exciting. And they had late goals at the end, but it also had Chelsea holding off teams. That Barcelona game, anything could have happened. Again, through fan glasses, because I've literally collapsed and spent 15 minutes nervous laughing after the final whistle. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> For me, that was one of the most exciting, intense matches I've seen in my life.
0: Yeah.
1: But then, what is? Because I find Barcelona and now, by extension, Man United, sorry, Man City, thoroughly, thoroughly boring. I find Tiki Taka boring. So, what is what is exciting, and entertaining football? We don't know. Um, the next is the player development pathway. Again, this isn't something I've I've messed around with too much, it's this idea that you can um, set targets so for this season we want you as a, as a as youngster but next season we want you as a rotation option and then for the third year we're going to have you as a starter and so it's this sort of the idea that you can talk to them through the progression I haven't actually offered anyone it to anyone. I presume it's a contract thing and I don't deal with contracts?
2: That's good as the director of football good.
1: But, but oh, oh, I'm talking about my chest save because that's the one I've pushed through you in, but <laughs> you're right I haven't, I, it hasn't come up in any of the players I've, and I have signed players for you I've signed a handful of players I can we count them on one hand but I've signed you players and young players as well and it hasn't been mentioned at although to be fair <laughs> your team is so rubbish that everyone expects to be a star player for you so yeah. I'm having issues with players yeah. who are accepting lower positions. So again, maybe it's just the club's wrap just causing that to not work. Yeah. Um, I guess another thing that sort of isn't isn't sitting with me. And if we had someone else on that is playing a more reasonable, in more middle of the road save than we are, maybe they sit down and go, "Oh, it's brilliant. I found it really useful to help choose these players." And maybe it's something you can use as a, more as a promise to coax more players through it okay so we're going to use you as a rotation option this season but next season we're going to try and get you in the team and maybe then that will turn a, a no into a yes
2: maybe, maybe I mean again it's something else that it's a nice addition to be honest it's better to have it in there than not have it in there you know and obviously I've not really played the game yet because I'm still waiting for you <laughs> um, but it's something I'd like to look at and just see Again, it's one of them, like I said about the club, vision. Mean, it, is it actually going to affect anything else, or is it just a bit of fluff, you know, so we'll see, I think it's one of the things that you, until you've probably played three, four years, and you've seen how it pans out, you can't really talk about it again.
1: Can I please point out at this point that I had to wait a long time for you to finish playing around with your database to get it across? Yeah. It. So it's not like you create, delivered it day one.
2: No, but I've like had to create a club and get a, I don't speak, um, is it Portuguese or Spanish in Spanish, it, I haven't it. Portuguese. Portuguese. Um, so Portuguese. Portuguese. I don't, um. No, Spanish. I don't speak Spanish, Spanish, isn't it, I'm sure it is Spanish, it i am sure its Yeah, yeah, no, Brazil is Portuguese. Um, I don't speak Spanish, so trying to have conversations on direct messages on Twitter was tough for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I got there in the end, um. That's the main thing. for the wood; it's working at the minute. Um, so yeah, we'll see. But like I said, the development pathway is something that I think until you probably three, four, five years down the track, uh, it might we can't really speak about it and how influential it's going to be.
1: Um, development is obviously a theme for this. Do you remember the old WWE games? They used to have like a theme for each game. So like. I think 2012s was tag teams, and they had DX the yeah. on the cover, and they put a load of this. This year's Football Manager theme is definitely development and planning, because um, next one I want to talk about is the development centre, which I really like. And as I have a, a the game up right now, I will I will transfer to. So with this again, this is something that Chris probably hasn't, you haven't had a chance to play around with. So. This is where I got really confused because I always like to, to see how, how, where Maloney's are and how they're doing and what games they're playing and blah, 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 blah. And I went to the transfer section and they weren't there. And it took me a second to remember. oh yeah, there is this centre here. So you can go in and you've got your overview. You, I've got my report by Neil Bath, Head of Development. Um, he mentions that there's 19 players out on loans, blah, blah, And then he talks about the strength of the squads and talks about first team candidates within our youth players. Um he has picked out here Bakiyoko, Ross Barkley and Michi Bachiwai. So he's being inventive and he's trying to bring through young players. Um and there you can look at your loans.
0: Yeah.
1: And um how well they're doing. It gives you them a progress chart of their ability, um, how he sees their ability apps and stuff so for that, and so there's a lot of information there, and you can get information on youth teams as well through him how they're doing. So um yeah, yeah, it sounds good and then you can see youth you've candidates for their through. so it's interesting um and i i, I like it there's a lot. there's you know nice little stats there for nerds like me yeah i think, i think that's a, a a good addition just because it's given more information to the player and anything that's given me more information i see it as a positive really to me yeah a good decision no
2: no i agree i agree sounds um, good
1: and then uh, along with that, you get your loan manager, who for me is, of course, the legend is Claude McAuley. Or oh, you've got a youth manager and technical director. Now, technical director is off slightly, but the loan manager is, is as the clue's in the name, he manages your loans. But yeah. um, he's the guy that
2: you didn't have. You, did, you didn't have to explain that to me. I, I know. I know. You think up north, we don't go to school, but I, I did get that loan manager is somebody who manages loans.
1: But you don't do. You? you don't actually go to school.
2: Not anymore, man. Thirty-nine
1: years <laughs> Hey, there's <laughs> nothing wrong with being older and going back to education. All right, <laughs> even if you've got to sit in a class with a load of eighteen-year-olds. Talking about the not out they went to before, but they didn't invite you because you're 12 years older than them. Um, but anyway, uh, back to the podcast. So um, yeah. yeah, so I, I haven't really worked out what the technical director is supposed to do. I think it's something to do with staff, but you still okay. got the director, the director of football, who is there as your be all and end all of everything. There's also another thing I noticed um, as the last bit of this segment that you have more freedom when it comes to spot species transfers. So, for example, you can, if you put a player on your development list, you can say, well, I want them to go to a club with at least this level of facilities, um, this level of, of, um, of, this level of playing time, I want them to pay this level of wages and then they will uh, reject any offers that don't quite meet that standard, those standards. Yeah. Which is really good and frees up your space, and you can do that just in general, you can set your loan manager to to only accept offers for any players that you put out as well as your so I've got my director of football is the one that offers players I'm trying to transfer my loan manager is the one that offers players I'm trying to loan, so they both have these sets of only accept this, or this, or this and to the point where in the development centre you can select, or I want them to go to England specifically, and I want them to go to at least the Championship. Okay. So you can set I want to go somewhere with a good with a good training facilities, pay and set wages, I want them to be a regular starter and I want them to be in a championship. And then they will only get a loan there. If that comes in, That's good. of course.
2: That's good. So I mean obviously so I'm very well, I'm very aware that obviously I've not played the game much, so trying to speak about these four new things is difficult. Yeah. All four to me do sound like massive improvements kind on of the game. Just not even just from an enjoyment point of view and just like you said about getting more information uh, and I do think that once you've played it for three or four years you might find them a lot more um, informative and a lot more helpful than, than what it is in your first season when you're selling it to you
1: yeah um, well I don't know I'm worried the first two might be a bit of a medical centre where it's a bit it's information, but it's not. Actually, all of them might mm-hmm. be a bit of medical centre. I gotta say, I haven't used the medical centre. I never used the medical centre. Do you ever use the medical centre? No, no, I don't. Um But you, there's buzz, and they get to talk about, and it's it is improvements, and you can't say they're not big improvements because they are. Because it's it's they they can have big consequences as long as it's not just bringing something that was there back. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's not just about how big they can be. It's about how much you use them. And I don't know. I'm I'm losing myself here. I don't know where I'm going with it. Chris, give me an hour please. It's not the it's not the first time on this podcast. i lost no. yourself to <laughs> I'm having flashbacks to sentient ghouls. Right. Um, <laughs> um. As as I've lost the plot, we're going to take a break, and then we have an interview with Frank Lampard. So uh, come back for that.
0: Yeah, listening to Life Thinking's podcast.
1: So, what you're about to hear is something that shouldn't be taken seriously. Um, what we want to do with our football manager podcast going forward is there's a lot of podcasts they get someone they get someone on that is playing the game or blogging or YouTube or some myriad of ways, and they talk to them about how they play the game. What are you doing? How are you setting your tactics? Um, how did you scout and that sort of stuff, and that's great and that's fine, but there's a lot of people that do that, or a lot of people that go on a podcast and all oh, this. Is what we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about playing a game this way or doing scouting and stuff like. That. What we want to do is something a little bit different, and this is mainly my idea. So if <laughs> if if this really goes badly, and if this comes off very tone deaf, the 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 comedy that's meant to be behind it doesn't quite come off, the silliness that I'm going for. Then blame me, not Chris, because he's got nothing to do with the idea. And um, so, <laughs> what we want to do is interview the actual manager that's in the game. So, for example, if we, if, if, and in in the interview that I'm going to do with Chris, hopefully next week, sometime, um, I will be interviewing Tommy Larson, not Chris Johnson. So, what we're doing here is you'll be interviewed, it's, it's me, of course, but I under the guise of my Frank Lampard on my football manager save. The idea is it's, it's supposed to be a little something different. Um, this is a bit I've recorded after the fact to explain it a little better because me and Chris both decided after doing the interview that it didn't quite, we, we needed something else here. It, it came off a bit too straight for what we were hoping for. So, um, enjoy what's about to come and... Have a laugh with it, hopefully. So we are very excited, but we have managed to get Mister Frank Lampard, Chelsea manager, for an interview on the Life Junkies podcast. Um, there is there is an issue that we need to point out that because of there's certain image rights rules that you get in the Premier League. Um, I'm sure everyone heard about the issues with Jose Mourinho and Chelsea and his image rights a few seasons ago after he left, but Chelsea still owned his image rights. Um, Well, basically, this interview hasn't been cleared with Chelsea Football Club, so what we're going to have to do is um, Chris will ask Frank the questions and then I will answer for Frank. So, um, hopefully this will work and hopefully it won't be too stupid. So, (laughs) um, Chris, when you want to start and you can ask Frank the first question.
2: Um. Oh, obviously this is retrospective, because we've had one year in charge, um, so looking back, what were the plans on day one, okay, kind of was the transfer ban was obviously in effect for the whole year, you know what was going to happen, so was it a matter of throwing the kids in, how did you see was going to pan out?
1: Um, for me, really I was very lucky about Jody as my assistant manager and he came in knowing a lot about a lot of the young kids. Um, and knowing a lot about how they played. And, of course, this is very similar to how we played at Derby last season. So we knew who was there. We knew who wanted. Of course, we had um, Tamori and Mason at Derby last season. But even I've been surprised about how they've come through. But we realised that you've got to be sensible about it as well. We want... Young players to come through, but you can't just chuck a load of young players into the team on the first day of the season and expect to to do well. You know this isn't this isn't a football manager game. This is real life. So, you know if you if if we were if I was to send a team out with Tammy Mason and others on the first day of the season, you know you're going to come up against the Man United and lose four nil. So it's just it's not something that we were willing to do. And unfortunately, there's not a world where. You know, I would love to be able to put Tammy out on the front line every season at the start of a season, and for him to be in double figures before Christmas. But that's not a realistic way of how these things go. So um, we, what we did is we sat down. We knew who we wanted to bring into the team, and of course, who was already out on loan because those decisions have been made before we joined. And so we highlighted Tomori. Uh, Rich James, who was injured, uh, Loftus Sheik, was also injured, as well as Cap- Con- Hubs, uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi, um, but also Mason Mount and Tammy Abraham. So I feel we managed to find a nice mix between there and all the players got a decent amount of time in. And you've also you've got to look at players like Christian Pulisic, who's only 21 years old. And while he's been a player we brought in for a considerable amount of money, he is a young player at the same age as, as some of others that are coming through and he he needs to we need we owe it to him to to give him the same same uh, education as we're giving the young English players.
0: Okay. Um,
2: what was Roman's what did he want? What did he say beginning the season? What was the target? Obviously you were gonna be blood in the youth. Um so probably a title challenge was never gonna on the cards, but what was set as this is what we want to achieve. Was it top eight, top six, you know, in the Champions League? Will it just get through the group? What, what were your uh, targets?
1: So, well, we finished third last season, or the season before I, I took charge. Um, what he he sat down and he said, you know, Frank, what do you think you can do with these players? Um, and I looked at him and said, Roman, I, I can promise you Champions League football this season. Said, I don't care what anyone else is doing, but who we're losing, we will get, I will get a Champions League football season. And in the end, we, we finished third again, which I think, while blooding the young players, um, bringing them through, is I think it's a really good achievement. And I was really happy to finish above a team like Liverpool, who won the Champions League the season before. I, I think that shows real progress for us. And
2: actually, in the Champions League, what was your target for that?
1: So there wasn't really a target. I've always, as you know me, as a player, I was always uh, very determined and I, I, I always wanted us to be the best. If we weren't the best, then I wasn't happy. Um, yeah. But realistically, with this team, we weren't going to go out and win the Champions League. Um, even getting to the Champions League final would be an ask. So getting through the group stages was my minimum requirement quarters um was sort of what I was I was hoping for. Of course everyone dreams about getting to the Champions League final, but then what? Um yeah, you know it's 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 one of those I the problem is you've got young players who are they are learning the game still and league football is one thing but playing on international stage often against experienced, intelligent players and the pressure that comes with that. Because there's nothing like experience in the Champions League night at Stamford Bridge and uh, for young players it can be a very taunting experience even when they've been playing 20 games at the bridge that season fine it's when you get to that that Champions League night where your and of course the fateful game was uh, playing away to Valencia where we unfortunately we lost 1-0 and I was happy with that, that Valencia are a, a very good team they're a very wily team and losing 1-0 to Valencia isn't, isn't uh, a dramatic, isn't a, an issue at all and hopefully this season with the signings that we're making and with the players having an extra year of experience we'll be able to push on the extra stage and, and push forward and hopefully get to the final Just on
2: signings because I've spoke a lot here about youth development that I gave kids a chance uh, obviously you had to because transfer ban Um, so given how well the first season went given these young lads have all got now what games under their belt why have you then chosen to sign players of, of, of advanced age such as Edison Cavani Lars, David, Sil- David Silva, and
1: Ashley Young
2: who seems to get the club on trial at the minute 35 years old surely that is just blocking the pathway for these young players
1: so Ashley came for a trial um, we had a few other guys on trial who have now signed and moved on Ashley's not coming to the club full time um, he's come for a trial for a little bit just to because um, me and him are friends I know him from, from his England days uh, so yeah, he, he came as a favour to me in the same way that Jody, when he first came to the club he came to keep himself fit and he ended up taking on a, a coaching role and moving forward of us well you know Ashley's not he's still said to me that he's still keen to keep playing so he won't be coming in with a co- coaching role and he for, for now he's there until someone else comes in to give him a contract now talk about Cavani and uh, Edison Cavani and David Silva well we have let uh, Olivier Giroud go this season uh, Mitchy Batshuayi he's gone on loan as you very intelligent and um, good-looking co-host mentioned earlier in your show so um, we need another more experienced striker we've brought in izzy brown to also give him some experience but you need that player that's been there done that as i said this is a learning experience for everyone especially for young players and you need the experienced players to lead them now Giroud wanted to move on and we were happy for Giroud to move on. He he did very well last season for us, but and then Cavani came up uh having left PSG on a free, so we decided to take the chance there. Similar story with David Silva, he wanted to move on for a new challenge from Man City. Pedro and William both moved on last season. William, who was fairly integral to our season as a rotation player, again David Silva come in and he will he will help mentor the young players. And uh he is he is the perfect player to play our our right of midfield spot where well, we, we allow him the creative licence to, to roam and to, to play balls and he will he will hopefully help mentor young Mason Mount into a similar player. Okay. So I'm
2: just finally obviously thinking third last year, into to the quarter final of the Champions League. Um where do you expect to finish this year?
0: Or oh,
1: you know me, I don't really like to make predictions. Um, I'm a very humble man. But I I would see us at least challenging for the start of this season. And being within that mix, um, I think we can close the gap between United and City and make a real fight for it. Okay, thank
2: you very much.
1: Brilliant. Thank you for having me. So, that was our interview with Frank Lampard. I hope you've enjoyed it. And um, we have a surprise you because on the Black Crow Corporation blogs, at some point coming up soon, I will have an interview with Tommy Larson. And we'll be hopefully talking about his, his origins in football management because he's he's a manager that sort of has just appeared on the scene that you share. And hopefully we'll be getting that coming to you soon. Um, Chris, how was that interview and, the legend that is Frank Lampard.
2: Well, legend's a strong word. <laughs>
0: um, yeah,
2: it's good. It's always good to find out what people think about um, how they manage clubs and what they want to do and how they see it all running. Um, so
1: yeah, it's interesting. Brilliant. So, thanks for listening. And um, just time for me to pop in our social media links. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at brazier25. You can find the Life Junkies on Twitter at the underscore Life Junkies. You can find them on Facebook, the Life Junkies 25. And you can find Chris's Football Manager Twitter on the underscore Black Crow. And you can find Frank Lampard Twitter at Frazier FM. Funnily enough. Obviously he's a fan, so um, yeah, uh, head yeah. to the Life Junkies com for everything that goes on there basically. So but hopefully, 24 hours after this comes out, the Chelsea Way intro post will come out. Um, but you can also find back episodes of our podcast on YouTube and the website. And uh, go subscribe to our new podcast feed. So this podcast will be going out on both because it's a Football Manager podcast. But we have a Football Manager feed, which is for the Life Junkies FM. I uh, will at some point, it'll probably end up being me trying to bodge something together in paint... Or something, but I will I will get a, a a slightly different title card up so they can be differentiated a bit easier. But that is where you will find all of Chris's audio blogs in a podcast format. You won't find them on the on the Life Junkies podcast feed, you'll find them on the Life Junkies football manager feed. Also, um, I don't know if Chris managed to read it, I did read a bit of um, Latte Quarterly. Did you see this? So this is I did. This is I did, it was
2: very good, very interesting. It's great to see people put um a lot of time and effort into things like that, and it come off and be as good as it did. I mean, all the lads who work on it, all that you can just see how much they love the game, yeah. Um, and how much it actually means to them that came across really well. And if anybody hasn't heard it, 11, read it, sorry. Then uh,
1: yeah. yeah, find it out. Um, Valate, of course, of course, a a PDF FM magazine is, I guess, yeah. is the best way to see it put together by FM Samo FM Adventure. Uh, FM Grasshopper and according to FM, the last two, of course, have been on with us with our Foot manager, our one and only football manager podcast. For this one, uh, head over to YouTube if you're listening on YouTube. It'll the Black Crow Corporation, Black Crow Corporation playlist will be coming up now. But head over there if you want to re- listen to Chris's latest blog episode three, face to face, and any of the others or anything else Life is related and uh, thanks for listening goodbye Switch
0: switched the light off for the very last time I turned my mind off continued in my prime I sat and listened to all that was wrong and now it's over someone's hit my gun Sipping dirty and tapping my foot. I should've listened. This is how it was put. My books on the key. But there's so much inspiration in my head today Just want to release it all, but it won't come out Sometimes I wonder, just what life's all about The place is in a tip and my mind's in a drink. The mold's on the table and the food's on the floor I don't want to listen to that song no more I'm away.